The CECC on Monday announced that about 19% of passengers arriving to Taiwan from China since January 1st have tested positive for COVID upon arrival. Many of the travelers are Taiwanese nationals who live in China but are returning to Taiwan for the Lunar New Year holidays. The CCC says the rate is comparable to that of other countries also testing arrivals from China. Let's hear from the CCC. For example, South Korea reported that about 20% of arrivals from China were positive. The number is somewhat higher than the rate of infections reported by China. There's quite a difference in the number, so we'll look into that. The CCC says that 66% of the infected passengers had contracted the BA5 COVID subvariant, with the remaining 34% having the BF7 subvariant. That's similar to the proportion of local infections in Taiwan. Health officials say they expect the BA5 subvariant to be the main cause of infections in the wave expected to peak over the Lunar New Year holidays. The KMT has been calling for the government to share a portion of a tax surplus with the public before the Lunar New Year this month. However, one KMT lawmaker disagrees with his party, saying that the legislative procedures to distribute the money cannot be completed in time for the holiday and that payments will come after the holiday is over. Meanwhile, Premier Su Zintang denies that he let the cat out of the bag too soon on cash payments, saying the president had already made a decision on the matter before he announced it. A draft bill by the KMT calls for cash handouts of 10,000 NT to be distributed to the public before the Lunar New Year. However, one KMT lawmaker says that issuing payments that soon is impossible. If we finish the legislative procedures before January 19th, then the money will probably be issued after the Lunar New Year holiday. So far, planned options for issuing handouts include distribution at post offices through ATM machines or direct transfers into bank accounts. If the latter option is used, the government will need to set up a system for members of the public to enter their bank account information. Distribution through the post office or ATMs would require coordinating with Zhonghua Post and banks, and the administrative work to make that happen could take time. The legislature's position is that it will absolutely do its best. As to whether payments before the holiday are possible, I'm not sure. Local print media has alleged that the rush to distribute the funds was due to President Tsai Ing-wen's initial hesitations about the cash handouts. However, the issue of handouts was first made public on January 4th by Premier Su Jin-chang while he was inspecting Zhengwen Reservoir. At the national security meeting held on December 31st, Tsai made a clear decision that a 180 billion NT portion of the surplus would be split between emergency use funds and payments to the public. She also requested that the executive yuan draft a plan for the money and then announce the plan when appropriate. We've been doing all the work involved with this one step at a time. Su says that Tsai had already discussed the cash handouts with him and other officials internally before he made the comments. DPP Taipei by-election candidate Enoch Wu was defeated in Sunday's election but lost by only a narrow margin to his adversary Wang Hongwei. On Monday, Wu was back out on the streets thanking those who supported him. Afterward, he posted to Facebook saying the fight wasn't over, leading many to believe Wu may run again in the next legislative election.
After five weeks of hard work campaigning, Enoch Wu failed to secure the Zhongshan Songshan constituency seat in the Taipei legislative by-election. However, his supporters encouraged him not to give up and to continue the fight in 2024 at the next legislative election. I want to express my great thanks to everyone. I lost the election yesterday, but my first step for today is to thank everyone who came out and supported me. This time we lost by just a small amount. My hope is for everyone to notice our persistence and to realize that we are on the right path. Speaking to reporters, Wu made no specific mention of whether he'd run again in 2024. However, in a post to Facebook, he wrote, Our work won't stop due to a failed election. We still have lots of work to do and policies to promote. I ask that everyone continue to support us as we proudly move forward. The post has been seen as confirmation that Wu will run again. Wu lost to rival Wang Hongwei from the KMT by only 5,780 ballots. And in Zhongshan District, Wu came out ahead by 840 ballots. Overall, the two differed by only 4.99% of the votes, a much narrower win over Wu than that had by Jiang Wan'an in the previous legislative election. In a radio program following the election results, Wang had remarked that Wu was a formidable adversary. My adversary defeated me yesterday, so I congratulate her. Our defeat this time around means that we didn't do a good enough job. Despite his electoral defeat, Wu was out in a campaign truck Monday, bowing and thanking supporters in his constituency. Taiwan shares opened up and closed up 378 points on Monday at 14,000. 14,752. Over in the foreign exchange market, the Taiwan dollar picked up 0.175 NT to close at 30.52 NT against the greenback. Electronics and finance shares made gains during the day, but will this momentum stay until the Lunar New Year? Let's hear from two analysts. It's looking like there isn't as much pressure in electronics firms from inventory adjustments. Together with intellectual property shares, they may perform a little better after the Lunar New Year break. Then there's non-electronic shares, such as shares in the food and beverage industry, biotechnology or energy storage. We'll need to keep a watch on those. Starting next week, we'll be entering earnings season for U.S. high-tech companies. The performance of high-tech shares may not be as good as expected. We would advise to perhaps have a lower holding ratio on that front. TSMC is scheduled to hold its earnings call on Thursday. With the market set to close in just under two weeks, analysts say Taiwan investors will have to keep an eye out on U.S. shares to know whether or not a big red envelope is coming their way this spring festival. A team of nurses in Ilan recently went above and beyond to create a special new year for one of their oldest patients. 90-year-old Li Tao is a resident of the Suao branch of Taipei Veterans General Hospital. She was unable to visit her hometown, Nanfang Ao, for more than two years. But with the help of volunteers, a special trip to the seaside was arranged. Everyone had a lot of fun, and even the sun came out. Ninety-year-old Li Atao beams from ear to ear and gives us the thumbs up. Her son, daughter-in-law, and a dedicated team of nurses have brought her for a visit to her beloved hometown. My mom came here when she was just about 12 or so. She lived here many years. 
Earlier, when Grandma was in her 70s, she always went to swim at Tofu Cape. Grandma has been living in our nurse's home long term. It's been too long since she came back to visit her hometown. After chatting with Grandma, we hope to help her make her dream come true. Lee lived in the town of Nanfang Ao for many decades and loved to walk along the harbor side admiring the sea. She was also a keen wild swimmer, but in recent years she developed heart disease and moved to the hospice at Taipei Veterans General Hospital Suao Branch. She hadn't been home to Nanfang Ao for two years until her nursing team decided to help fulfill her wish to go home once more. This special vehicle was arranged and an entourage assembled so that Grandma could make a day trip. Lee was happy and animated as she took in the familiar harbor view, as well as a newly built bridge, thanking the team again and again. Some of the nurses shed a tear or two. I'm so happy that many of our colleagues have voluntarily taken part in this trip today. The care which the nurses have for older people is really touching. The nurses here went beyond the call of duty to arrange this special treat for one of their oldest patients. For Lee, a reunion with her home brings back many years of memories and creates precious fresh scenes to cherish. A new survey from a job seeker's website suggests that 90% of businesses are hiring new staff this January. The sector in most need of fresh workers is the food and drink industry, where many restaurants are severely understaffed. Large food and drink conglomerates are looking to expand in the post-pandemic era, especially now that Taiwan's borders are open to foreign visitors. Some businesses plan to hire hundreds of new employees in 2023. This restaurant owner grills a piece of meat while explaining the ins and outs of the dish. The guests just sit back and relax. He brings the food and provides this personalized tableside service. At mealtimes, orders come in thick and fast. The owner and almost all the employees each have several jobs to do at once. This service person is wiping the tables down and welcoming new guests inside. As the pandemic calms down, there's a massive upswing in eating out. Lots of businesses are planning to open new locations, inflating demand for staff. But there's been a shortage ever since the pandemic receded. At the Kanpai Group, for example, they are looking for 400 people to join their ranks. This year we will continue to expand, and in these circumstances we hope to have more fresh blood come and join us. Last year, the Wild Prime Group had a 10% staff shortage, and they planned to hire 500 new employees in 2023. The TTFB Group is banking on post-pandemic recovery, and they plan to hire a whopping 2,000 staff members this year. At the Mala Group, there are 600 jobs on offer. We are optimistic about post-pandemic recovery. This year, we have plans to expand in north, south and central Taiwan. In the first quarter, we expect to expand into 50 new locations. 
The industry has been affected by the reopening of international borders, of course, as well as the 10-day Lunar New Year holidays coming up and Peace Memorial Day national holiday. So looking at the first quarter, industries based on domestic demand will have more desire to hire staff, creating more growth in domestic industries than in export industries. The survey suggests the sectors most in need of workers are food and drink, hospitality, leisure and tourism, as well as wholesale, retail and trade, financial securities and accounting, transportation, logistics and the warehouse industry. Here, the Lantern Festival in Kaohsiung is moving to a new location, the Lotus Pond in the city's Doing District. The event will run from January 26th to February 5th with the collaboration of more than 20 local temples. To attract tourists to the city, the Kaohsiung government has prepared a set of subsidies of up to 6,000 NT for staying one night in the city. It unfolds. Kaohsiung's Lotus Pond is a must-visit for many tourists from out of town. This year, the southern city will be holding its Lantern Festival at this scenic location. We hope there will be special installations and artworks with lanterns. We'd like some nice designs that make tourists feel this is a place worth visiting. As with previous editions, the 2023 Kaohsiung Lantern Festival will start on the fifth day of the Year of the Rabbit and last 10 days. This time around, more than 20 temples will take part in the celebrations, giving the festivities a uniquely Taiwan flair. It's the first time that the festival will be held at the Lotus Pond. It's a great present for local businesses and residents. We're all looking forward to it. It will attract big crowds and generate lots of business opportunities. We have a variety of promotional plans. They include discounts to entice solo travelers and tour groups to come to northern Kaohsiung, especially to Zuoying. If you stay overnight in Kaohsiung and come to visit the temples around Lotus Pond, you can get a 6,000 NT discount on weekdays or 5,000 NT on weekends and holidays. We hope this program will attract more visitors from other cities and counties who can immerse themselves in the beauty of Zuoying's Lotus Pond. Kaohsiung has launched several subsidies to attract tourists. Tour groups of at least 15 travelers who visit the Lotus Pond and stay one night in the city during the Lantern Festival can get up to 6,000 NT. The city government says it hopes the subsidies will encourage travel agents to create itineraries featuring the festival to make the city shine. A Taiwanese second grade student has won big at the Battle Pro Series in France, one of the biggest urban dance competitions in the world. The student Nana, who competed in the baby battle event for children under 12. His well-executed power moves wowed the audience and the panel of judges, beating out opponents from Ukraine and Japan. He feels the beat and gets straight into it, a high-complexity power move combo that makes the crowd and commentator go wild. The b-boy is Nana, a second-grade student from Taiwan who can clearly dance up a storm. Nana recently competed in the Battle Pro Series in France in the U-12 group. In the first battle, he was up against Gore from Ukraine, who started off his throwdown with some clean floor work. Nana one-upped him with whirling headspin variations that got the crowd hyped. 
After two sets, Nana was proclaimed victor and moved to the next round. Nana's next battle was against Orion from Japan, and he did not hold back. A long-drilled headspin followed by a series of criticals was more than enough to clinch the championship title. Teachers back at his school in Taiwan say they are overjoyed. He's just in second grade, so it shows that he has put a lot of mind, physical effort and time into it. The second grader shone bright at the international competition, defeating breakdancers from all around the world. Nana did not shy away from showing off all his moves, brought about by hard work and practice. The young b-boy has a bright future ahead to make the world his own. A Taiwanese second grade student has won big at the Battle Pro Series in France, one of the biggest urban dance competitions in the world. The student Nana, who competed in the Baby Battle event for children under 12. His well-executed power moves wowed the audience and the panel of judges, beating out opponents from Ukraine and Japan. He feels the beat and gets straight into it, a high-complexity power move combo that makes the crowd and commentator go wild. The b-boy is Nana, a second-grade student from Taiwan who can clearly dance up a storm. Nana recently competed in the Battle Pro Series in France in the U-12 group. In the first battle, he was up against Gore from Ukraine, who started off his throwdown with some clean floor work. Nana one-upped him with whirling headspin variations that got the crowd hyped. After two sets, Nana was proclaimed victor and moved to the next round. Nana's next battle was against Orion from Japan, and he did not hold back. A long-drilled headspin followed by a series of criticals was more than enough to clinch the championship title. Teachers back at his school in Taiwan say they are overjoyed. He's just in second grade, so it shows that he has put a lot of mind, physical effort and time into it. The second grader shone bright at the international competition, defeating breakdancers from all around the world. Nana did not shy away from showing off all his moves, brought about by hard work and practice. The young b-boy has a bright future ahead to make the world his own. The human version of table football has reached Taiwan foosball, or soccer played on the table is popular around the world. In recent years, a new version swept the globe where the players are human and a shipbuilding company in Tainan is now in on the fun. They built a human foosball pitch in their shipyard. It's open to employees as well as tourists. Foosball or table football is a childhood favorite, and now the life-size version has landed in Taiwan. The goalie kicks the ball in to start. Both teams keep their eyes glued on the ball as it rockets back and forth. An entire match plays out inside this shipbuilding hangar. A shipmaker in Tainan built this human foosball pitch using wooden pallets and steel poles for the players to hang on to. The players love it. It's so fun. Everyone's dripping with sweat. It really does get you tired. You feel like you've been working out. 
The company executives wanted to use the ample space in the shipyard to build a game space. The pitch is also open to visitors. As a shipyard, we have a lot of these wooden pallets. So then we had a brainwave and thought we could make a big life-size version of the American table football game. So then we could bring these disused pallets back to life and make it so tourists can experience the fun for themselves. According to the company, they already have many bookings from groups of tourists. Tainan companies and families have a new option for exciting days out.